trucker stops by and says, hey, guys, get in. And they said, man, thanks. Our car broke down some miles back, and we're just trying to get to the next town. He said, okay, well, where are you heading to? The guy said, we're heading to San Josie. He said, you're new here, aren't you? They said, yeah. He said, listen, out here, he said, the J is silent, and, and it's pronounced with an H. So it's San Jose. And the guy said, oh, that's great. And he looked at his buddy. His buddy said, that's neat to know. And the trucker said, well, how long are you guys staying out here? The guy looked right back at him and said, oh, till hoon or who lie. <laughs> I know that's bad. <laughs> but I thought it was at least cute. So God is <laughs> Some of you aren't going to get that till you get to your car. Hoon or who lie. Mm. We've been talking about uh, determine, declare, and decide, and this is actually week two of all of that, and then we're going to finish that up today. Um, we, we talked last week about, you know, just looking and determining. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to determine. Have you ever been determined to say, I'm going to look at, God, show me what I need to do, and I want to look in your direction. So being determined to say, I'm going to find God in this. How many know you can find good in a lot of things? If you look for good, you can find good. If you look for bad, you can find bad. You can see the glass half empty. You can see the glass half full. Perspective is amazing. Some people get destroyed by, oh, this just happened. I can't stand it. We'll never do this. There's, have you ever seen a Buckeye football fan go in a good or bad way if something goes wrong? You can watch AFV and watch some of that. Doesn't have to be Buckeyes, but people just, because they're so emotionally attached. It's, God gave you emotions, I get that. But let's get perspective. What are we really drawn to? What do we want to look at? Well, God, what are you showing me? And we, we need to understand some things. I'm going to say some things today, and, and hopefully I won't shake your cage too much, but I'll try to explain them. I'm learning as I, as I grow in the Lord just like you. I have never arrived I have a lot more to learn. Does anybody can appreciate? We all are in school. Life is school, isn't it? If you have kids, you're in school all the time. Your kids will teach you in some way. <laughs> Grandkids, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we, we were taught, and I was ordained in the Assemblies of God. It's a great fellowship. I understand that. Uh, when I came back, the Lord told me to start this church. There was already an AG church here. And Kim and I were uh, a little tired of politics and things like that, and they wouldn't allow me to. So that's why this church is independent, non-denominational. But in, in, in anything that's really following, we're, we're always taught that faith is what moves God. But let me just say how we think that works. We know we need faith. Faith pleases God. But he's already done everything that he's going to do. How many knows Jesus is not going back to the cross again? He's already paid for every sin ever committed and every sin that would be committed. He's died for that already. His blood has already made the payment for that. Every healing ever needed, he's paid for that 2,000 years ago. Everything you've ever needed that God said, I want to bless you, he's already done it. So we don't have to beg for something we already have. Faith is appropriating, listen to what I'm saying, what God has already done. There isn't a magic formula. 
Sometimes we feel like we have to do everything right. If I didn't say this right, I didn't cross my T, dot my I, what if I said this wrong and I'm clear back to square one? You ever feel like that? You've done everything right to a certain point. You believe, you believe, you believe, and then you have a weak moment. If you believe that everything is dependent, now I, I understand there is faith without works is dead. I, I get it. I'm not trying to discredit anything. So I want you to hear what I'm saying. But you put a lot of pressure on yourself to think that everything all the time hinges on you. Listen how quiet it is. That, this is what's saying. If it's all up to me, we are saying this. God has the power and he's not going to use it. He's holding out. He won't move unless I do something exactly right. I've told my children as they're growing up, I need you to do this and I need you to do that. Have they always done it exactly right? Nope. I remember myself, I still to this day don't do everything exactly right. I told Sam one time when we were, you know, we lived out in the country before we moved into the city. Now we're back out in the country again. But anyway, I, at that time, which is funny that I say this now, I thought I gave him this lawnmower. We, have a, we had a 52 or 60 inch bobcat, or bobcat zero turn, like, like uh, Star Wars, one of those thingies, speeders or whatever. And I said, don't mow over to that side. And I even told Sam, you understand, don't mow, don't mow over there. The grass is too soft. It's too wet. Don't do that. That mower's too heavy. Okay. He came in the house. I looked at his face, and I thought, he mowed over there. <laughs> he didn't only just mow over there. He tried to four-wheel with the, uh, I thought, Dad, if I went fast enough, did I not tell you? Don't mow over there. I know. And so the mower was stuck. We, I had to get a truck and pull it out because it was down there going yeah <laughs> now i said all that just to say i didn't say all right sam you did that wrong you can never be on the mower again you are not my son i'm i won't feed you matter of fact you know i mean i no no that he, he you know he's like I, I i my heart was to do it but dad i really thought you'd be proud of me i i thought it it seemed i could do it he didn't you understand what I'm saying? The Bible says that God looks at the heart. Don't put so much pressure on this blood covenant. Yes, we have it. We, we receive communion and that is saying, yes, it ratifies what Jesus did on the cross, the, the bread and the wine and all that. Yes, but the covenant was made between God and Jesus and then passed to us. You can't break the covenant between God and Jesus. Did you hear that? It's still intact. Whether you believe in the kingdom or not is not going to change the fact the kingdom is real. If we start saying, God, everything hinges on me. Now, that, then you got to start asking yourself, well, then why didn't this work? I, I get it. But can I say this? And I'm, I, I hope I'm helping somebody. Sometimes we don't understand everything, do we? Sometimes we just have to stand under things that we don't understand now back in my day when my mother i would say why can i not climb this tree and she would say because 
if I said, but I don't know why you say so. And she would say, you don't have to know why I said so. Stay out of the tree. Now, in some of that, just to even go a little further, I didn't always do everything right. I like climbing trees. So I climbed the tree anyway. And I got clear up the top of the tree. And she came out of the house. And she, it was time for lunch or time for us to go somewhere. She starts yelling my name. Brett! Then she starts yelling my middle name. If your mother ever yells your middle name, your party's over. Something's going on and your party. Now, you can just look at my mom. She's right there. Nod at me, mom. Yes, yeah, yeah, see, there you go. So I'm up. I don't know how far in this tree. She startled me. So it's her fault. <laughs> oh, so sorry. <laughs> Help yourself have a seat, thanks. <laughs> but I fell out of the tree and I played ping pong all the way down. Ping pong, boom, boom, boom. And she, this is the last thing she said. Brett Allen Gleesman, if you got three names in there, this is what she said. You better not be in that tree. By that time I was laying on the ground and I thought, thank you, God. <laughs> I can tell her I was napping or something, but I'm not in the tree. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. If you need to know and you have questions, you have to trust the Lord. He will show you. He will give you that the spirit of God inside you. When you become born again, your spirit connects with God, period. You are a three-part being. You are spirit, your body, and soul. Soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Those two things we're working on. Your spirit so God will let you know. My wife is a question ask, asker and she likes answers for things. So God will let her know when she needs an answer. Sometimes they come right away. Sometimes they might come some, some other time. Sometimes they'll come in her prayer time. Sometimes they'll come maybe while she's, you know what I'm saying? But here's what we have to understand. I have to stand under him. I have to trust him enough to know that he's going to tell me what I need to know. You've heard that, well, you're on a need to know basis. When you need to know, you'll know. But some things, we can't handle it. What if he told you answers and you didn't, you're not ready to hear it? He's got to get you to a place. Or he wants you to follow you. To, you know. So back up and help me just a little bit as we, as we look at this. If we come from a part that it's all hinge on us, that's unbelief because we're not perfect. How many knows that Jesus is perfect? If I got to jump off something, I want to jump off something that I know is sound. If I'm not sure what will happen, I've just got to trust God. But the Bible says I have authority and I can start walking in that and I can start trusting him in that. And he's already done it by grace and I apply my faith to what he's already done. Did, did I deserve what he's given me? No. Because he gave me grace. It's unmerited favor. It isn't based on my actions or what I did or what I will do. It is just based on his love what Jesus did and then my faith attaches with grace and applies that to my life does that make sense if you study the Bible some people think well if I study the Bible God's going to love me more that's not true see I'm going to shake somebody's cage today but it's all good if you never studied the Bible he couldn't love you any more than he loves you right now 
Because his love is unconditional. You see, we base everything, our knowledge of everything we do on the way we were raised. Or, or the earth curse system or man's view of all of that. Now today, I left my iPad at home. I had to print everything off on paper, so I'm old school today. Yeah. <clears throat> you see, what happens is when we read the Bible more, we get into the word more, God doesn't change because Hebrews says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You change. You're the one that changes because now you love him more. You're finding more out about him. You know, I can tell you all about Kim. She's beautiful. You can see that. She's a great cook. You can see that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you see, the more I have spent time with her, the more I know about her that you probably don't know. I know what she likes. I know what her, her color, the favorite color. I know the, the things that she likes to do. I, I know the places she likes to go. I know her favorite food. I know if she's going to binge on a food, I could probably tell you what it is. Because I've spent more time with her. That's what changes is I change to find out more about. When we get closer to God, we know more about. He changes us. And can I say this? If you don't get close to God or you say, I'm not going to get close to God, then it's still, this is what happens. It doesn't help you renew your mind. So then you have trouble with everything. Because the Bible says we can get our minds renewed with God. Because our spirits are already connected. <laughs> to labor in your rest means there will be effort on your part. In other words, you know, we, God created the world. We know all that. And it says on the seventh day he rested. It wasn't because he was tired. It's because he was done. It was complete. But if we're going to rest in God and what he did, then we, that means we still have things to do. If you're hungry, Adam and Eve are hungry. God gave them food, but what if Adam wouldn't peel the, take the banana and peel it and put it in his mouth? He's going to starve. So he's going to have to at least work to get what God gave him. But he can rest in the fact that God provided. We can rest in the finished work of Jesus. Believe and receive, or we can doubt and do without. I like to believe and receive. So this is what God is showing us. We've been talking about Gideon. We've been talking about in the book of Judges and that story. Last time we talked about he was determined to see God in, the, in his situation, and we were determined to see him in our future and the situations that we're facing now. We were wanting to get a picture. How many remember we wanted to get a picture from God? Give me a picture, God. And Gideon went down to the enemy's camp. If you remember, this is just review. And, he had, and they were talking about this dream. And this guy's calling him. I saw this cupcake. And it rolled in. And it confirmed, oh, I'm the cupcake, Gideon thought. He goes back. And he says to the guys, you know, hey, we're going to do this. Wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall in some places? You know, just, uh, oh, I'd love to hear what they're saying. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. But anyway, uh, what's the enemy saying about you? Is he concerned? I just talked to Joe before we came out here. Joe back there running sound. Wave at me, Joe. Love Joe, man. Joe is awesome. But he's like, you know, hey, if you're not under attack, he said, the enemy's not even worried. He said, obviously, you're doing something right. And I get that. 
Today we're looking at putting all this together. We're going to not just talk about determine, but we're going to declare. We're going to say it. Did you know that your faith needs to be voice activated? Your authority has to be voice activated. You can think all you want. It could be our anniversary and I could say, well, I was thinking of getting you something. That probably won't work. You won't be coming to my house. I'll be going to yours. <laughs> so we're not only going to declare it, we're going to determine it. We're not only just going to declare it, not only going to say it, we're going to take it. We're going to make a decision and take what God has for us. Judges 7, 16, 22. He divided the 300 men into three companies, put a trumpet in every man's hand, empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. He said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And Gideon and the 100 men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning at the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, they blew the trumpets, broke the pitchers that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands, the trumpets in their right hands, blowing and cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran, cried out, and fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled. And it's going to tell you where all fled to. Instead of me trying to pronounce it, they just took off. <laughs> all right. So I looked up the word victory. Webster defines it this. Overcoming an enemy or an antagonist. So our first thought for this morning is the plan. Did you know God has a plan for your life? That's one of the reasons I love the, our church and the, the slogan or the logo he gave me. Live your life on purpose. You have a reason. You were made on purpose for a purpose. You need to get that free t-shirt. If nothing else, look down and read it all the time. Live your life on purpose. But God believes in you. Did you know that nobody is created exactly alike? Even identical twins to the earthly eye would be like, well, they look alike. Sandy and Tom have had twin girls. And I remember I, had, I couldn't tell them apart in the beginning. And I, they, one of them has a, a mole or something. And that's how I knew that one, is it Jan? There you go. See? Because I would be talking to one of them and I'm calling them. And they're, I, I think they just love me. So they're probably like, he has no idea who I am. He thinks I'm her. They could have fooled me, but they were nice. They were nice. But, you know, to our eyes, we'd say they're identical. But do you know everybody is not exactly alike? He has a plan. 300 men, Gideon experienced one of the most biggest victories in the Bible. God loves an underdog. One of the, you, you all know this, but you know, my favorite movie series is Rocky. Absolutely. You know, yo, Adrian. It's my, I mean, because he's just, he's an underdog. And he just comes and he beats all the odds and he comes back and he wins. God, I think he loves it when people love him and, and no matter what the enemy has done, they're outnumbered, outmaneuvered, outplanned, outresourced. Turn the page. They're sticking together. <laughs> you know what else I hate? How many of you like going to the grocery store and you got to get produce and they give you those plastic bags? Anybody else struggle getting those things open? Those are from Satan. <laughs> I'm telling you. Somewhere in hell, open those bags. I don't want to. You got to open those bags right with my mom and said, here, here's Braun Swagger. You can have that. Nobody wants to eat that. <laughs> All right. 
God will work a miracle in the midst of your madness. He'll start doing things because you, by grace, we are saved by grace, by faith. And we mix those together and we stand on what Jesus already did. I'm telling you today, God can work a miracle in your life. He's already provided for it. He's already made a way for that to happen. But so many times in the past, I've not even thought of it that way. I've just thought, oh, God, please move. Oh, God, please. And he's already like, I, I've done that. We have to see things differently. It's a whole paradigm. It's a whole new mind shift. Brett, you don't even know what I've been through. I mean, I need God to, like, part the Red Sea. He can do that. But he's already made a way. I mean, think back in the Bible. He not only parted the sea, he cleansed the leper. He cast demons out of people. He didn't have them spit in bags or got to say the magic word. He just, Jesus just came and said, hey, party's over. Get out. Because of the presence of God. And that same presence is in you. If you're a born-again believer, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. So if you go, God, I want more power, he can't give you any more power. You have it. Now we have to activate what we already have. I think God has, isn't he bigger? Whatever you're facing, isn't he greater? Isn't he stronger? Come on, if God be for me, who can be against me? Do I believe that? Man, he's so amazing. Judges 7 is a chapter about victory. 7 is the number of God. It's the number of completion. Chapter 6 is the number, think about 6, is the number of man. And this is about a battle. So the second point, the process. There's a process. Now, just understand, when I'm giving you points, this is how God works with me. Do this and these points here, these thoughts, this, this, and this. I get it. And if you're like, you know what, maybe I missed the point. I don't know. I'm not trying to give you a magic formula. This isn't the lotto, okay? This is just me trying to share something that will help you connect the dots. That's what I'm trying to do. So that you can connect your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, your belief system with the things of God and go, I can do that. I can do that. And God will help you. So there, the process. Sometimes we, we want to shout about the victory, but we, we pout through the battle. The enemy is never going to just roll over and go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, take it. He just doesn't do that. He's going to fight you every step of the way. When you realize you've already won because Jesus already won, then you can take your authority. You can start saying, you know what? There's a new sheriff in town. It's about time I wore my badge. And there's things that have happened in our life that have just been amazing. But it's been eye-opening. Now, I mean, I'm a dude. I'm a guy. Yeah, so some of you are like, ha! <laughs> it's true. But I, you know, I protect my family. My wife, if she ever heard anything in the night, she doesn't get up and go and say, I'm going to go find out what that is. You know what she's going to do? Honey, honey, wake up. 
Because usually we've slept through it, haven't we? <laughs> I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I heard a noise. Has anybody ever walked your house because you heard a noise? I've walked my house before with bats, not the flying kind. Guns, whatever. Sometimes just being karate gym. Just walking around. You know, make sure everything's safe. I've even walked outside just to make sure there's nothing. You know, then, listen, and I want you to hear what I'm trying to say. And I'm, I'm just speaking from what the Lord is telling me. Because I can come back inside, and I hear what I'm saying, and she'll say, she'll look at me, and she's not even saying, what is it? Did you find anything? She's looking, and my response is, I didn't, I didn't see, I think we're good. And you know what goes in her mind? Whew, okay. You know why? Because I checked. Because I secured the area. We need to operate with God and say, God, I just trust you. She can go back to sleep because I checked. She can rest again because I looked. We need to look at God and understand that he's already provided. God's not teaching you anything like he, he didn't give you sickness so he could teach you a lesson. That is of the devil. That is from the pits of hell. Well, God put this on me so he could teach me something. You that are watching online, that is wrong teaching. If God was doing that, I don't want to serve a God like that. But God is bringing me good things. He's doing, he's teaching me good things. Now all things work together for good that them that love God. I may have to take my authority. I may have to fight the enemy. And I'm willing to do that because if God be for me, who can be against me? Come on, somebody. But we need to look at the perspective. God is not putting sickness or disease. That is what the enemy does. It's a mindset change. He can't add to you. He's already added it all. Do you know God already knew everything you need? It's already done. We just have to tap into it. We have to walk in what he's already done. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to God? He doesn't go, oh, man, I didn't know Brett was going to do that. Oh, angels, look at that guy. He already knows. We do things to ourselves, don't we? Has anybody else in here made stupid choices? Yeah, yeah. We don't really understand what a victory is until we have the battle, till we, we fight the battle. And I get that. Judges 6, 1, then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. Let me say this, and, and, and again, just love me, but we can make stupid decisions and there is forgiveness. And there is grace, but there are also consequences for stupid decisions. Doesn't mean we're not forgiven. It means sometimes we have to walk some things out because we made stupid decisions. The enemy will show you no mercy. You know, you know everybody, you know, you talk to anybody, they're all watching Cobra Kai now. Strike hard, strike fast, no mercy, sir. The enemy is probably the one who originated that. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. He doesn't care. He's just going to pound you and pummel you or pummel you or whatever the word is, beat you into a pulp and show you no mercy. I have 
to turn my page. <laughs> Brings us to our third thought. The enemy is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Judges 6 says, when it was harvest time, when they had sown, the enemy came. I stopped there when I read that. When it was harvest time, when they had sown, the enemy came. You see, between the time of your sowing and reaping, is that not when the enemy tries to get you off course? When he tries to get you into unbelief? When he tries to get you into doubt? When he tries to really start the battle? He's always coming to steal, kill, and destroy. To, to discourage you, to confuse you. It's always usually at the time of your harvest. So, Brett, what are you trying to tell me? I'm telling you, if you're under attack, it's probably because harvest time's close. It's, it's almost time for harvest. Things are, he doesn't want you to bring that in. in. Revelation, the Bible says that when Satan saw his time was short. See, the devil is afraid of the Jesus in you. And for you to know who's inside you, he does not want that. He wants to keep your harvest, but he can't. I'm going to say that again. He cannot keep your harvest. He cannot stop your harvest from coming. He's not greater than God. What he can do is work on you so you can't enjoy your harvest. It's almost like how many as a kid got toys at Christmas and they did not give you batteries? That is a sin. Don't give a toy to a kid and don't give him batteries to operate it. Because now back in the day when I was a kid, we didn't always have toys with batteries. We were the sounds. We made the airplane sounds. We made the train sounds, the car sounds. We did all that. And now, you know, technology, but it's so cool. And they see these things sound really great. The enemy will come and get you and mess with you so you can't enjoy what God is bringing to you. Because he can't stop it. He wants to get you to quit. He wants you to stop believing, to stop praising, to stop giving, to stop everything just because you are so distraught. He wants you to stop confessing the word of God because he can't stop God. He wants to stop you. And he can't do that unless you let him. You have to let him. The Bible says the Israelites were so afraid when the enemy came that they hid in caves because of the Midianites. If you look up Midianites, the descendants of Abraham, the word Midian in Hebrew means strife. Isn't that amazing? They were held hostage by strife, fighting, discord. And when were they held? Harvest time. If, you know, have you ever been in a place where there's 17 captains and no Indians? Or 17 chiefs, no Indians, everybody, no, we should do this. No, we should do that. No, we should do, over. no, you get away from, I'll tell you what, no, you won't tell me, I'll tell you. And the next thing you know, nobody's telling anybody except nobody's getting anything done. They're held captive. If he can't stop you, he'll try to get you bickering. He'll try to get you strife, fighting, arguing. Hey, he tries it with, with Pastor Kim and I. He tries it with the disciples. Why wouldn't he try it with you? You know it's getting close to harvest time when all the Mahooty breaks loose. That's fun just to say, Mahooty. <laughs> when all that breaks loose. 
when the kids get the most rebellious. When my kids were little, if there was ever a day they were going to sleep in, Sunday morning was the day. On Saturday morning, they could be up at 5. Let's go, Daddy! Sunday morning, you could take a crowbar and a whole marching band, and they don't want to get out of bed. And that's where you're, I'm taking you to church. Get up, and we're going to learn about the love of Jesus. <laughs> and then you got to get forgiven on the way to church, you know, before you... And that's a wonderful transformation from the parking lot to the church. You could be yelling at your kids. My mama is still here. You know, she's right in here. She could be telling me, Brett Allen, you, I told you, you better, and, and the phone could ring, and she could be yelling at me the whole time until she gets to the phone. Hello? Isn't that what happens from the parking lot to church? We, we get holy real quick. What I'm telling you is the enemy wants to get your prize. He wants to get your peace. He wants to get your harvest. He can't have it unless you give it to him. So when all hell breaks loose, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Start doing a praise break then. Just start, okay, Father, I love you. You know, there's times in our house we're just like, okay, we're stopping right now. We are not going on until this thing gets settled. You ever did that? Because we're not letting anything take another foothold. When it gets bad, I know it's about to get good. Because God's about to do something. He's about to pour out his spirit. There are things he's already stored up for TLC. Things he's already stored up for you and you and you and you and you. And he is just waiting on you to go, yes, God, I see it. I receive it. And I'm going to start seeing the manifestation. It's already there. He's not creating it again. He's already made it. God doesn't have to recreate trees or anything. He's already created them. He's made everything. Think about how intricate God is. They create, redo themselves. And trees give off stuff that helps us breathe, and we give off stuff that helps them. My voice is getting high. <laughs> Romans 8.28, all things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Let's take five seconds and just tell God, thank you, God. It's, it's time for harvest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Here's number four. This is the promise. So we have to take it to God. Judges 6, 6, Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. That's the New Living translation of that. We need to know it matters who you cry out to. It matters who you call out to. The Bible says, come on, he will never leave me nor forsake me. God has never lost my side. No matter what Mahuti I'm going through, he's still there. Hallelujah. He's still right with me. Never going to get rid of me. He's going to stick to me. Mm -mm -mm. When I was about... 10, I might have the age wrong, but I was across the street with my best friend, Mike Miller. And he told me, well, I watched him do it first. He hung up, you know those things on a swing set that go like this, you sit in them on one side, of, well, I don't know what they're called, but that's what you do. He was, we held that out of the way, or we got on the one side, he hung his knees over that, and he swung, and then he flipped his legs out and landed like that. He said, you do it. I said, all right, I will. <laughs> so I got up there. I said, hold that swing out of the way. I'm going to do that too. 
I don't know if he let go of the thing that goes like this, but when I let go of my legs, again, I practiced pinball all the way down. But when I got up, I had cut my head open. I did not know it, but I knew it when I looked at Mike's face because Mike's face was like, and I'm thinking, why are you doing that? Then I felt everything start running down my face. And he said, you're bleeding. And I remember I was a boy. I had been cut many times, you know, climbing trees, whatever. And it was no big deal. I'd come in. My mom would say, where did you get that? I don't know. To this day, sometimes I'll be out working in, in the yard at our house or wherever. And Kim will go, you know, you got a cut on your leg. I don't even remember where it happened. I don't know. But I knew this. I remember putting my hand like that, and my whole hand was red. And, I, and we lived right across the street. Now, here's my whole point. I ran across the street, and I cried out to my mom and dad. And to this day, I have an image of my father coming through that screen door and my mother right behind him. And my dad came out on that porch, and I remember he came out almost like a Bruce Lee. You know, kind of <laughs> like that. And, and mom was like right behind him. The reason I'm telling you this story is because my cry was different. My cry was high-pitched or just like, because now I'm scared. I saw this, and they came out, and, you know, and the next thing I know, I was at the ER, and they were sewing my head up and all that kind of stuff. My point is this. I cried out, and because of the inflection of my cry, it brought a response from my parents. It wasn't a normal inflection. It wasn't like, Dad, Mom, there's dog poop in the yard. You know, it wasn't anything like that. It was, it was something was wrong. And my, you know, the expression on my dad's face was like, like that. And my mom grabbed a towel and they got in the car and they shoved me in the car and off to the ER we went. Who are you crying out to? Do you believe if you cry out, he will hear you? According to the word, it says he hears you because he's never far. He's right there with you. It matters who hears your cry. It hears, it matters what you say. The Bible in Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, say to this mountain. And see, our problem, and you've heard me teach it all the time, we cry out to God, God, remove this. You're doing it wrong. You're looking at the mountain because you need to speak to the mountain and not God. God already has made you authoritative to get the mountain out of the way. Talk to the mountain. Because the authority God has already given you and walk in that authority. There's power in getting rid of fear because God has already didn't give you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. You're frustrated? Cry out to God. You're worried? Cry out to God. Realize you already have what you need to be on the top and not the bottom. We carry so much and we're not made to do that. Your body's not made to handle that. I can tell you this, and my wife could agree, you know, you want to talk about pastoring something you need to be called to do. I don't know how to say that, but, you know, I love people. I mean, if, you're, if you don't love people, you probably shouldn't be a pastor, <laughs> Because that's what, you know, God loves people. God so loved the world that he gave for people. But as a pastor, as a human, 
if you have issues or things are not going right and, and I'm praying with you, and I, then I want to see them go right. I want to see those issues solved. I want to see you winning. That's our heart. We want to see you winning. We want, and we're, you know, as we, as we progress in what God is doing here, we want to give, have people have video testimonies and things that where you can see somebody, it's not just me, but somebody that, you know, is just, we're all, you know, I put my pants on like you do, one leg at a time, but we see somebody that's like, this is what he did. I learned about God. I, I, I followed the teaching that God is doing, and I, it's just amazing. And here's my testimony. And you can go, man, I want that. The power of prayer, not just words, but believing prayer. We recognize, God, you've already made a way, and I give you charge of my life and all the things that are going on in them. You will, you've already met my every need. You've already moved every mountain. I just have to start reacting to what I need inside. I have to believe it. I have to appropriate what he's already done. He's already healed me. He's already saved me. He's already delivered me. He's already done it. When we learn that God has done so much, everything that you could ever, that you need, he, he's not taken by surprise. You're not going to surprise God. If you need it in the future, he's already made room for it. He's already, he already has it. I don't have to beg or plead. I don't have to try to obtain it. I already have it. He will give you courage and you can face everything. You have to face and overcome that with victory. I just have to walk it out. You know what? God's never lost. So let's get back to Gideon. We're almost finished. He started out with 33,000 men. 33,000. And God said, tell some of these guys just to go home. They don't want to stay here. They don't want to fight. Tell them to go home. So they, he did and a bunch left. And then he was instructed to watch how people drank out of the water. Some drank with their hands. Some went down, drank with their mouth. And he separated even more. Turn the page. Got it. <laughs> so God separated, you know, because, you know, if you have God, you have a majority. This is what we've hap what's happened in church in this time. Because COVID has, isn't, wasn't new to God. But, I mean, if you look in history, there's always been things in the past where there were things that the, the world has went through, whether they were sicknesses or you had to get this shot or this attack or this, this, and this. And God always saw us through. But we've tried to take the gospel and make it so it makes everybody happy. We've tried to just be so seeker-friendly that we just, we don't want to say anything that's offensive or anything like that. And I'm, Honestly, I'm not trying to, I, I hope at least with my orneriness, you, you're like, okay, I get it. But I can't change the gospel. I can't change what the word says. I can try to make it more palatable, but it doesn't change the truth. And I can't really, the truth is what it is. So then I would be in the wrong. See, what we've done in the world is we told Jesus, take up your cross and follow us. Because this is easiest. Don't make me do anything. Don't make me be uncomfortable. We need to get back to what the gospel is about. Gideon had 300 men now who are for him and for God. He gets them in three groups of 100, surrounds the camp, 
tells them to be quiet. You ever try to tell 300 men to be quiet? See, women, I did not say. I said men. And this is, he gives them instructions. Don't do anything till you see me do it. Don't expose the fire from the torch. And the, you know, it's under the pitcher, all that stuff. Do what I do. When, the, when, that, when I do it, then you do it. And then we'll lift our voices and shout, and that's when you lift your voice and shout. Can you see yourself, victory? I don't know what mountain you're facing. But it's time we brought this thing home. It's time we said, you know what, God? If you've already provided for it, it's time to break the pitcher. It's time to show the fire of God. It's time to let the enemy know, guess what? There's a new sheriff in town, and I'm wearing the badge now. It's time for you to get out. Get off my kids. Get out of my house. Get whatever. It's time for me to make a line. Here's our last thought for, for today. It's time for us to praise. It's time for us to, what's in your shout? You know when they, they yelled at Jericho. They, they did studies, and they said the walls came down just like the Bible says. They found remnants of the wall, and it looks like they just fell down flat. Hmm, wonder where that came from. They had to get that in their shout. You, you, know, you, you know what it would be like to walk around the city while people jeered at you, spit on you, or yelled at you, cursed at you, and you were not to say anything. You go around six times, and on the seventh time, you shout. What's in your shout, my friends? Who is on your side? Turn to your neighbor and say, bring it home. I'm turning my page. I'm almost there. Oh, that's the page I already read. Okay, go here. <laughs> hey, I haven't done this on notes in a long time. You see, there's something in your shout. The enemy is expecting you to act the way you've always acted. Maybe you're like, every time I get this close, something happens. Start thinking about that. Why does something happen when you get this close? Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But isn't it time that we broke the pitcher? Isn't it time that the fire of God that's on each and every one that calls Jesus Lord says, there's something in my shout, and today is D-Day. Today I'm declaring, I'm deciding, I'm determined, I'm taking everything that God has got for me. It's time you took your authority in Jesus. It's time you tell the enemy, surprise! Hell's not afraid of church programs. When we begin to make noise, hell doesn't care about that. But when we begin to do something that's in our shout, when we begin to do something that's backed by something that's greater than us. Last time I checked, I'm the head, not the tail. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am more than a conqueror. And if he's given me authority and I have the keys of the kingdom, baby, let's go to the lock. Let's get this puppy unlocked. Get out of my way. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Do I got any say-so people in the building? Come on. They covered that fire until it was time. Then they broke that, and the enemy, surprise, they got all scared. They started killing each other. We should not be ashamed of the Holy Spirit. Just let God, let that fire of God be inside you. I don't know if you haven't figured this out, but I'm not a closet Pentecostal. I'm not just 
you know, oh, I can only be a Christian on Sunday. No, we live this. What you see here, you see at home. You see Pastor Kim, she's passionate. Man, you, you don't think she's passionate at home? She's passionate on everything. Because what? That's who she is. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. How many knows that God still heals? You know what? He's already done it. We might, if he's already provided for it, let's walk in it. What do you say? He heals. He delivers. He provides. He sets us free. He takes marriages. He puts them together. He brings the prodigal. He brings them home. God does it all the time. We here at TLC, we're serious about it. This isn't our day job. This is our calling. It's who we are. It's whose we are. It's what we do. It's our passion. It's the air we breathe. It's life. My mom found Jesus, and she would witness to people at the weirdest and the wrongest, it seemed like, times. You could be in the speed checkout aisle, and mom's trying to win the cashier to Christ. And the lines clear up to the hostess ding-dongs or whatever, and I'm like, mama, just... Just tell her where we go to church. But she's, no, she wants to give her three prayers and a poem and, you know, all of that. But I'm, I'm thankful for a mom and dad that love Jesus. I'm thankful for parents that aren't ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Know this. There are things that are going to try to smother your fire. Because remember, when all the Mahooty breaks loose, harvest time. <laughs> There's going to things that are going to try to put it out. And I don't want to leave it covered. I want the God in me to come out. I want my children to see. You know what? Dad said, here's the way. Walk in it. And he made the path bright so I could see it. He marked the trail. Your destiny won't be reached if you don't let the fire breathe. Some of you need to break some pictures. You need to break doubt, unbelief. You need to break addictions, habits, pride, past failures. Break the picture. You need to say, you know what, God, I'm not perfect. He knows that. But God, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for grace. Thank you for anointing. Thank you for delivering power. Then surprise the enemy. Oh, I'll do this and this is what will happen. Surprise, not today. He's not expecting that. God is. The enemy's not. You're going to get your belief system right. You're going to be able to get what God has for you because he's already made the way. You're going to be able to see it. I'm not just saying make noise for noise sake, but I'm saying picture breaking noise. I'm talking about fire loosing, devil stomping, victory shouting. I mean, I'm talking about there's a, I'm doing this. I made up my mind. I'm determined I'm not going to be the same that I was. I don't want to go around this mountain again. Say it in a praise. Say it in worship. Declare it. Remember, it has to be voice activated. Say it out loud. I will serve the Lord my God with all my heart, my soul, my strength. I will love my neighbor as myself. God, what do you have me to do? You put these together. You're going to be able to take it. You're going to be able to see it, you'll, and you'll be able to take it with you. It's time for us to break out of old habits, old sin, old addictions, old unforgiveness. Anybody have unforgiveness? So-and-so hurt me, Brett. You don't know. You've got to forgive them. Let God deal with them. But you don't need to affect that stuff in you. You want to go forward. 
past hurts, past pain, last page, amen. <laughs> We've let so many things smother our fire. We'll be up on the mountaintop and sometime soon as we leave, something will happen and we'll be like, Phew. it's time for us to break out of that. The enemy can't put my fire out. He's not strong enough. He can't do that. God is who lit my fire. When I was growing up, there was a song, Come on, baby, light my fire. I'm not saying listen to the song. I'm just saying. <laughs> just before I get any mail. I'm just saying, God lit your fire. Let's go for it. He put the stuff in you, man. You don't have to, I go, wait till I go to church. Pastor Brett will pray for me and I'll get healed. No, what? I'll tell you what, you have the authority. You're already healed. Pray for your own self. Talk to it. Get the authority and just say, it's done in Jesus' name and walk it out. Will I pray for you? You bet I'll pray for you. But you know what? I'm just like you. What's in your shout? Make a joyful noise. Break the picture, show the fire. God, I love you. You're going to do awesome things. What are you believing for? God, I thank you for it. Can you get a picture of it? Can you determine to see it? Yes, I can see it. I can see myself debt free. I can see myself with my house paid off. I can see this with my cars paid for. I can see that. Then declare it. Say it. You've got to activate it. Then I'm going to take it. It's already provided for me. I'm going to do the things that God wants me to do to do that. Put your hands in the air and give God some praise. Just put them up there and say, thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, from the, from the top of their fingers to the soles of the toes of their feet, God, I thank you for your anointing. I, I just right now, I tear back veils of doubt and unbelief. I tear back things that the enemy has put on these, your people. In the name of Jesus, clarity. Let them see clear. Let them have answers. Let them walk in your anointing. You've already put it there. God, let them be this amazing crowd that loves you with all their heart. Break the pictures, God. Break the pictures. Help us just to crack those wide open so the fire of you just explodes in this city. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Give your neighbor a high five. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you've never given Jesus your heart and you're saying, Brett, I want some of that fire, then I'm going to say a prayer.